0: The Lord be with you. With A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Lord. A leper came to Jesus and, kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, He stretched out his hand, touched him, and said to him, I do will it. Be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. He said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them." The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad, so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Brothers and Sisters. So, this week's readings focus our attention on this disease of leprosy, which most of us have no experience of. Like, I've never met anybody with leprosy. And in fact, like, for the most part, it's not a problem anymore. But I think it's really interesting, the analogy of leprosy for sin. Sin. In our lives. And in the book of Leviticus, the Lord's giving instruction to Moses and Aaron about leprosy. You know, if someone has on his skin a scab or pustule or blotch, which appears to be the sort of leprosy, he has to go to the priest. And the priest is the one who declares him unclean. And then what happens is, that person has to keep his garments rent and his head bare, muffle his beard, and shout out, unclean, unclean. He has to broadcast to the world that he's unclean. And he has to dwell apart and make his abode outside of the camp. And we could read this all at a surface level and say, okay, well, that's because they needed to protect the rest of the people from contracting that disease. And so it kind of condemned the person with leprosy to a life of loneliness, a life of knowing that he's apart from the community. And he has to remind himself of his loneliness all of the time because he has to shout out, unclean, unclean, in front of everybody that he meets. And in many ways, what sin does to us in the spiritual life is the same thing. It sets us apart from our Lord. It sets us apart from the community. And oftentimes we walk around like shouting out in our heads, unclean, unclean. And then in the gospel reading, we hear the story of a leper who goes to Jesus and he says to Jesus, if you will it, you can make me clean. If you will it, you can bring me back into the community. If you will it, you can turn off this voice that has to shout out all of the time, unclean, unclean. And Jesus says to him, I do will it be made clean. I do will it be made clean. And that is, in fact, what happens in our lives when we go to confession. Is we go to our Lord and we say to him, Lord, if you will it, you can make me clean. Lord if you will it you can invite me back into the community. Lord if you can if you will it you can heal everything that needs to be healed. And in fact our Lord says the same thing. I do will it be made clean. The problem with it, that whole analogy, it kind of breaks down because sometimes it breaks down in our own experience. Sometimes we, we commit sin in our lives and then we go to confession and we confess our sin and then we walk around yelling out unclean, unclean in our heads afterwards. Like, have you ever confessed a sin, but then continued to carry guilt about it? Or confessed a sin, received absolution, and then you're still walking around saying to yourself, yeah, but uh, if God really knew what he was doing, he wouldn't have absolved me. And so I need to kind of, you know, continue to beat myself up in my head about this. I need to continue to carry that shame. I need to kind of continue to stay outside of the faith community, kind of on the periphery of the faith community, because I'm not really worthy to be one of those, like, holy people. I still don't know where those people are. Like, which altar society circle is that? You know, I still don't know who those people are, but sometimes we get that in our heads And we need to go back to our Lord again and maybe learn a lesson from this leper in today's gospel and say to him, Lord, if you will it, you can take this away from it. Like, you can heal this. If you will it, you can heal this. And then allow ourselves to hear him say to us, I do will it. Like, our Lord does want to heal everything. Our Lord does want to heal everything. The question is, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that our Lord wants to heal everything? It's a challenging question. Do we believe our Lord wants to heal everything? Do we believe that we can be free? Do we believe that we can have joy? Do we believe that what our Lord said 2,000 years ago applies in our life right now? Because if we really believe that then every confession would become something amazingly efficacious in our lives. There's lots of reasons why sometimes the sacrament of reconciliation becomes flat for us in our lives. Sometimes people are stuck in habitual sin and You know, they commit this sin, they kind of do it over and over and over again. They go to confession, they say they're never going to do it again, and then a few weeks later they find themselves falling into it again. Then they go to confession and say they're never going to do it again, and it becomes flat, like it becomes part of the routine. The people who struggle with compulsive... the compulsive sexual sins, they have a tendency to say, I'm never going to do this again. And then they kind of get in this vulnerable place. And then they kind of like walk down this road. I'm not really sinning. Okay, now I'm sinning. And then once we fall into sin, we think, that, well, Ah, uh, Jesus can't possibly like, love me now. So I might as well just keep sinning until I go to confession. And then we go to confession and it's kind of like, okay, so now I'm never going to do it again again. And confession becomes like the end of that ritual of falling into sin. Instead of the thing that actually pulls us out of it. And that can be with anything. It can be with laziness in our prayer. It can be with gluttony or eating too much food. It can be with like hitting the snooze button when we make those resolutions like, okay, I'm going to get up early every day. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. I'm going to win the heroic minute. And we do good for three or four days. And then we hit the snooze button and then we're like, well, that's over. I might as well just keep doing it until we go and make the next resolution. And when we fall into that pattern, we stop asking our Lord we stop listening to our lord as he says i do will it be made clean i do will it be healed that's one reason confession can kind of become flat another reason confession can become flat is that we don't confess our sins completely All grave sin we're supposed to confess by number and kind. Which means I lied this many times. I watched something that was sinful for this much time. I committed this many sinful acts, confessing our sins by number and kind. And the reason that we do that is because when we're tempted to hold them back, what we're really doing is we're really telling ourselves, if Jesus really knew how bad I was, he wouldn't absolve me. There's kind of a fear that if I really let myself be known, I'll be rejected. And we can only experience mercy when somebody loves us in this moment where we feel unlovable and we realize that that person knows exactly what we've done. Like the woman who at the well when she's talking to our Lord and he's offering her living water. And when he explains to her living water, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water and I would give you water and you'd never be thirsty again. And she says, give me that water now. And then he says, bring me your husband. Like What's he saying to her? He's saying, bring me the most shameful thing about your life. Because you don't have one husband, you've had five husbands and the one you're with is not your husband. Bring me the most shameful thing in your life. And I'll give you living water. Like, bring me your worst and I'll give you living water. He doesn't sort of say, well, just kind of tell me what's going on and I'll give you living water. Give me a general idea and I'll give you living water. Bring me your husband. Bring me your addictions. Bring me that thing that happened in your past that you've been afraid to confess since you were 13 years old. Bring me everything and I'll give you living water. And when she has this realization that our Lord knows everything that she's done and he's still offering her living water, then she leaves everything at the well, and she goes to her friends, and she says, "Come, let me show you somebody who told me everything I've done. Can he be the Messiah?"?" And she receives that living water, that water of the spirit. And that encounter with Jesus was anything but flat or normal. So the sacrament of reconciliation it can become flat because it becomes part of the routine or because we're not confessing our sins completely and a third reason might just be that we don't believe the words that jesus says i once asked a bunch of young men do you believe jesus can heal you and they said, uh, no, father, I just don't believe that. I think I'm just supposed to go through life struggling with this sin for the rest of my life. It's like my cross. It's like my cross. You know that Jesus doesn't give out like grave sin as a cross? Did you know It's not a cross. It's something that needs to be healed in us. And he does want to heal it. And as we get ready to enter into the Lenten season, it's a time for us to reflect on, you know, these things in our own lives. It's a time for us to reflect on what part of my life needs to be healed. What part of my life am I going to ask our Lord to heal during this Lenten season? What part of my life do I need to let go of during this Lenten season? And if there's some habitual sin that needs to be let go of, then what else do I need to let go of in order to let go of that one? Do I need to let go of television? Do I need to let go of social media? Do I need to let go of my attachment to food? Do I need to let go of my attachment to sleeping in? What do I need to let go of so that our Lord can heal me? And the other thing to focus on during this Lenten season is making a really good confession. Making a confession that has power. Power. making a confession where we don't hold anything back no generalizations no minimizations Just this is exactly who I am Lord if you will it you can heal me taking time to prepare for that and let it be a moment of mercy for you Let it be a moment of mercy for you. It might be that thing that you keep crying out, unclean, unclean, in your head about, that you finally let go of, so that we can't help but go and tell everybody what our Lord has done for us. That's the amazing thing that happens to the leper in the gospel reading is, after He is healed, he wants to go and tell everybody. He can't help himself. Jesus said, "Don't tell anybody. He goes and tells everybody. Why does He go tell everybody? Because he can't contain his joy. And that's what our Lord wants for each and every one of us, is He wants us to have joy that we can't contain because we know his goodness and we know his love and we know his mercy and we've experienced his healing in our own lives. And so in these last couple of days before we begin the Lenten season, let's pray for the grace to know what it is that our Lord wants us to let go of. The grace to go to him and say, hey, Lord, if you will it, you can heal this. And the grace to make a really good confession during this Lenten season. And so that at the end of that 40 days of preparation, we truly may renew our commitment to Christ at Easter And experience that uncontainable joy that comes only from being beloved sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father.